friends and welcome to episode number 135 of final boss tv your wow and game rating show today starts the druid history month so welcome my name is adam kak bay i'll be your host for this adventure the next four shows today and the next three are all druids i think it's resto next week then feral and then guardian and of course i'll be posting guests up on twitter on social media, Twitter, and Facebook, so you can follow me over there if you want to know what guests are coming up next, of course. But today is the moon chickens, the thunder turkeys, the laser beasts, the balance druids. That is today. But first off, have to give an opening shout out to the assistant producers that helped make this show stay possible over on Patreon. Thank you, Truffles, Ludovicus, Tazlin, R4, and Dalthier. If you aren't aware, there are more podcasts, not just the Sunday to Monday one that goes up on YouTube and then the Sunday live show. There are more podcasts that are found over on Patreon. The, the BTS podcast for this episode is already online. It's right here. And there's the one for Vengeance is right here. And you can keep going. There's one for Holy and Discipline. And there's the Shadow Priest one. They're all found on Patreon. And it's a special reward perk for those supporting the show at an extra level so thank you all they're doing that but enough about me who are, who are my guests today well i mean you, sh you should know one of them has way too many names but one of them only has one name so jeebus welcome to the show hello sir hello greetings i'm jeebus are you ready to talk about uh balance druids today i hope very ready it's all you do i once we get to the show yeah. and we can show off the 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 huge huge guide you've made and the the trinket sim thing i think no one will misjudge the fact that you know what you're talking about so welcome to the show sir how many hours did you put into that thing by the way let's preface that uh, a lot i've spent a <laughs> lot of time fury crafting balance druids awesome but i'm enjoying it so it's okay very very good and then over here we have anna hello welcome to the show hi well hello everyone and you just make sure and, everyone uh, stays... Oh, go ahead. Yes, uh, I am uh, Anna from the Discord, and uh, what I do basically is just copy-paste from Jeepers and tell people <laughs> if they need help. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. You just make sure everyone stays in check in Discord. That's what you do, right? Oh, yeah. yes. That's what I do. Perfect. Very, very good. Well, I want to get right into... First off, to go right back over to both of you and... Uh, so to get you guys to introduce yourselves with the whole way that Legion shows have worked out, I am very much in the mindset that I want to bring on new, talented folks, math crafters, theory crafters, progressed raiders, kind of like a mix and match kind of thing, uh, even though both of my guests today are farther ahead of me in progression, which is usually the what I want to shoot for. But uh, I'll go back to you real quick, Anna. What do you do in the, the WoW sphere for the Balanced Druid community? Well, right now I'm active on the Discord, and just recently I got to be a moderator. But uh, usually, if you have questions or if you need help with your DPS uh, or just have a general question on how your class works, then you can find me on Discord. I am quite active, maybe one of the most. And uh, beforehand, I used to do a little bit uh, weak hours, like I have one running, which a lot of uh, druids are currently using if they have the 
screencatcher with the Whispers Haze mm-hmm. Tracker. So what I do basically is like uh, helping right now, and uh, yes, that's most likely it. Awesome. And uh, I used to play uh, a lot in the past, and I will still do a bit, I guess. But yeah, I have a progressive history as well. So I have the experience to back it up. How how long have you been playing Balance? How many how many years now? How many oh, expansions? Um, let me see. In Rough Lich King, three days after release, I started playing Elements Champagne. And once Lich King died for the first time, for me, I went to play Boom King. Okay. So... End of Red of Lich King. That's not even really much of like a. I know, like back in Mop, it was like an insult to say, "Oh, they're Wrath babies," but that's so far ago now, <laughs> into the future, you can't even use that anymore. So, well, awesome, Jeebus. How about you? What is your wow sphere for Balanced Druids? What do you dabble into? Where's your Where's your I, list of, of what you do? Yeah. Uh, so I've written this massive guide for rating Balanced Druids for Legion. Uh, and then I've made a trinket spreadsheet that shows you all the trinkets that we can use uh, and orders them and ranks them for you. Uh, and then um, I started playing uh, Balance Street back in the, the Cataclysm pre-patch and I've pretty much been playing it ever since that. Um, and I currently raid with, uh, with uh, my guild Imperium that is, uh, as we speak, wiping on Gul'dan Mythic. Um, but uh, I actually, uh, I've been with those guys since Cataclysm, but uh, and the, the first tier of uh, Legion in, uh, in World Nightmare, I actually raided with uh, Danish Taras, hmm. where we got uh, World 5th on uh, Saviors. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, very good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna slap over here. You said you made a big guide for, for Balanced Druids. We're gonna go more into this in the future, but just to tease... There are 27 pages of this. I'm just going to kind of do one of these and scroll down. As you see on the side of the screen right there, we're in page 7. We're on page 8. I mean, it, it keeps going and going and going and going. There is a lot of information in this document. We're almost there. We're on page 21. I. It, it's just... it. It. There we go. The last page is all the little plugs and whatnot, but... That's huge. That's huge. Yeah, we'll have links, and if you are on YouTube, of course, all the resources will be down below in the video description box. You can check those out there. So, this and all the resources, just to make sure we're on the same page, what what are all the places that people can go and grab all these things for the Balanced community? Is there one well, cent- Go ahead, Alan. Yeah, go ahead. Well, if you're part of the Discord channel, Green Grow, then we have... Um channel specific for our classes and we have a resource list and we have the uh, most relevant information on pin links like i know nobody reads pins but we have them there <laughs> so if there's something new and something outdated we'll remove them and the new one will just add them there so if you're on discord then you pretty much have everything at your hand yeah we were in the BTS podcast, we talked about that for quite a while where we're in, well, as I was wondering, like, we're in this age of Discord, and it's like this, it, it's the amalgamation of basically, like, Reddit and an IRC, and there's so many ways that you can get information across and keep it relevant and move it forward, and then, of course, there are the guide websites that are still there, but they're all cross-linked now. A few expansions ago, just the last one, we didn't have the resources available. And then as Jibu started posting up, I saw his guy for the first time, then I saw the trinket spreadsheet formula thing that's there are so many 
bits and pieces now that players can can look for and that the mods and the different communities in Discord have kept those updated and working forward. It's definitely the best way to do it. If you if you go into chat and you link right there, for those of you that aren't in the different Discords, I have a huge guide that I have put together that has all the links, all the different relevant Discord channels, as well as other websites and my favorite and my friends, stuff like that, and some other resources and things where the dream grows right there. You just click this link right here, slam that down, and you can even join the Discord on your phone, on your desktop, or you can join it in the browser, or you can just go download the actual Discord app and go from there. So if you need the link, it's right there for you. But with that aside, we just sat through the first two weeks, well, in two days, will be two weeks, of patch 7.2. And I think our class campaign start this Tuesday. We can start working towards all of our fancy class mounts and people will start unlocking flying, even though they nerfed the achievements, so it's not even as hard anymore. But how did patch 7.2 go for for balanced druids? Like, what are the major bits and bobs you want to talk about? I don't know who wants to... The two bullet points we have here are Starfall changes and Wax and Wayne. So, Jeebus, what do you want to take? Go for it. What what big changes to 7.2 hit for, for balance? I'll, uh, I'll try the Wax and Wayne one. Uh, okay. That's, that's the funny Matthew one. So, um, basically, we got this new trait that um, did absolutely nothing. Well, it was tuned, so it did nothing. So, uh, it got a massive <laughs> buff. They multiplied the, the, the damage bonus by three. And then they made it work with uh, Sunfire as well as Moonfire. Um, so, oh, sorry. For what it does in short is it increases the direct damage of our dots, Moonfire and Sunfire. Mm -hmm. um, but the problem is we don't cast our dots very often. We only cast them, well, to apply the dots uh, or during movement. So, in order for the damage bonus to actually be significant, it needs to be extremely big. Uh, and that caused some problems because we also have our mastery during Starfall that's pretty much doubles dot damage. Yep. So what would happen was that they buffed it so much it actually became better to just spam one first single target, <laughs> which of course is uh, everybody's, everybody's favorite rotation. We all want that, right? Um, no, but uh, so they ended up uh, removing the the uh, direct damage bonus component from uh, the empowerment on Starfall. Uh, so now in an AOE situation, you do the exact same damage as before, pretty much. Uh, so it changed nothing. <laughs> uh, but it, it does it does do something uh, for movement. So your movement DPS should be slightly better than before. Well, the one thing, so to make sure we're on the same page with Wax and Wayne, because I didn't know how this works, is that the, first off, the tooltip only <laughs> reads... Moonfire increases the direct damage of your next Moonfire by 25%, stacking up to five times. Now, yeah. the stacks last essentially forever. There's no consumable portion of this, which the tooltip doesn't say. And it also affects the direct damage of Sunfire, which also Correct. doesn't say. Yes. So the tooltip will be updated in 7.2.5. Okay. Uh, but until then, it's not very descriptive. I also like complained about this earlier because, like, it, it it implies that the next direct cast consumes it. It doesn't say anything about duration and so on. But basically, it's 30 seconds, so you're pretty much gonna have 100% uptime. It's only applied and refreshed and stacked by Moonfire, not by Sunfire. But Sunfire does benefit from it. Hmm. Um, so what usually you're just gonna end up uh, up having 100% uptime of it. It's, uh, it, it, 
I mean, it's it's fine, I suppose, with the moving around of the damage and whatever, but it's just weird that that tooltip is so nondescript for any balanced druid that's like, you know, doesn't know, which is why we're talking about it now, but you 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 noted there's also a starfall change. Did Ana want to take... What happened yes, to starfall? Yes, I will take that. Like, right now, the way starfall works is that uh, for compared to another class, Warlock's Reign of Fire, you place the ability and it just rains down at the position. Uh, Starfall right now has three abilities or effects. One of them is just straight up damage. Second is a gold trade uh, which does additional damage each time it deals damage. Yep. And then we have the third one which gives a buff and the buff increases your damage of your dots on the targets. So the change is that uh, he's no longer affects the Starfall which means that the tick uh, frequency between like uh, how often ticks, uh, it no longer gets reduced. The damage is still the same. Uh, so if it hits like a, right now it's over eight seconds. If you had haste before, you could shorten it down to six seconds as an example. And it will be a little bit more bursty because it will tick after. Uh, but right now uh, it won't do that. So it's just eight seconds now. The damage is still the same. So it's not a real DPS nerf, but it actually also improves our consistent uh, sustained AOE mm -hmm. because uh, since it's eight seconds, you have eight seconds again to do whatever before you need to reapply stuff again. So it's not a giant uh, nerve, maybe right. a little bit bursty because it doesn't hit as frequently, but overall it's almost the same. How does, let me find the tooltip because I want to <clears> make sure, because yeah, so stellar empowerment to each target that's in the Starfall, which increases damage taken from your Moonfire and Sunfire by 20%. Is that all damage, like the initial and the dot, or just... It's everything, right? Uh, it's not just the damage over time, is it? It's only the damage over time now. Oh, they, okay. That's the, the hotfix that they made, right? Right. That's uh, the Witch and Wayne hotfix. Okay. There's a lot of little things that happen with this, and again, hopefully all the tooltips are updated in 7.2.5, because it's confusing unless you know all what is going on so okay only the dot damage interesting is there any other major 7-2 changes that you wanted to make sure we brought up because i know there were a few things that you wanted to make sure we went over what else happened in 7.2 did anything else major happen for balance uh we could mention the the, the new gold trait that has a, a also oh, not yes. very descriptive Tooltip. Yeah, I can oh. take that. Okay, <laughs> yeah, right now, yeah, yeah. Um, our druids, they deal two different kind of uh, damage uh, effects, as in nature damage and uh, arcane damage. The new gold trait, it will uh, make our dots uh, each tick at a debuff on targets, which increases the damage done. So in total, you will deal 6% more damage in arcane and nature. This means that uh, if you use um, star search or starfall, they are as damage which means buff so you will deal a 12% with them so right now it will be a minimum 6% damage increase for all your spells but the uh, starfall and starship will be 12% so now you might be asking me why not the moon spells uh, why do they not get increase they were actually astral before but they turned into um, I think it was arcane damage uh, it's because in PvP, since they have a casting time, if you get interrupted, you get silenced. So if you get silenced while casting an astral spell, you get the um, silence from both 
jewels, which is why they are not uh, astral damage any longer. Mm. So the new gold trade uh, will favor star search and starfall a lot. And overall, I think it's around 8 to 9% uh, DPS increase. And uh, those, they're not addictive. So they are addictive. So it's just 6 plus 6, 12. Right. You don't have to multiply them. Yeah, there was there was a blue post that came out March 31st <coughs> about the wax and wane and everything else too. So, and they said in an upcoming hotfix, we're going to further increase wax and wane's bonus, but also make solar empowerment not buff the initial damage of moonfire, sunfire, and solar flare. And that is that is in now, right? That hotfix is in. Yeah, that is live. Right. So there is a post about this, which is a bunch of tomfoolery, and it all just it all just culminates in the new trait. Which I just has it's the circadian invocation, yeah. I mean, Blizzard tooltips normally have some inconsistencies and some problems sometimes, but these both are interestingly uh, put together. I would say so, which is unfortunate because then it becomes confusing. But how about the future? So 7.2.5 is coming up on the corner, and we've got a whole bunch of tank posts, a huge rogue post about all the different rogue specs and how they're basically reworking a lot of things in them. But uh, what have we found out so far with Balanced Druid? Do we know much about what's what they're looking forward in 7.2.5, other than tooltip fixes, Chibas? Like, what do we have on the horizon for... Uh, um. I think the only thing we know is the new tier bonuses. I don't think we've heard anything mm. like mechanical changes to balance through it at all, um, which we probably don't need. I mean, we, we work okay. I don't agree with the niche we have, and I don't agree with Innovate, but I, I think Blizzard is pretty happy overall with how we work. So, Okay. There's nothing that comes up in each of your minds that would need <clears throat> to be tweaked or fixed going into 7.2.5? There's no huge feedback thread that you guys have put together or drafted that needs to be brought to light? Well, yeah. the only thing I can say is that uh, if Blizzard could stop making personal encounters because mm -hmm. Onish is like a sustained AOE, then that's basically it. So it's more an encounter thing more than a playstyle. I mean, changes. That's pretty much number one problem for Boomkins, that our niche doesn't really work in raids. Hmm. I mean, you uh, you heard me going off in the, again, a little snippet from the BTS podcast. If there are any enhancement shamans out there, you know the plight that we currently deal with, which is similar to how feral druids must feel, <coughs> where we really excel at single target tunneling, and we're not even that good at that anymore. So, that's a thing. So yeah, I feel you in that side of the thing. Different, different niche that we can't both fulfill, because there's not a lot of fights that have, like, sustain-y AoE in that regard. Mythic Plus, I guess, on higher keystones do, because mobs are up for longer, but that's about all I if can... If you do very high difficulties, yes. Right. But if yeah. you're just spam farming it, no. <laughs> right. Sadly. That's true. So you went over a little bit of the artifact traits here for 7.2 that we just uh, sort of glossed over, but there are... You have the leveling path. So do you want to walk me yes. through how the path works well, here? Uh, yes, basically what you want to do with the, the path is that uh, at start you want to get a new gold trade as it's a lot of damage as I explained earlier. Mm -hmm. Then after that for single target you want to have Stasis Relic and for AoE you want to have the Sunfire. 
Uh, after that, there's not much to it. Like there's still traits um, which give us DPS increase, but the the 45 traits are the core. And uh, I believe I have a path right now which uh, shows the exactly um, order you should uh, skill them up in. Mm -hmm. But the the 45 traits are the most uh, the core of what you need as a boomy. Yeah, they're very. There are a few fringe cases where different specs don't go for their new golden dragon immediately. But I think that is, you know, once people know they're going for that on balance, that's fine. But I think the, the biggest curiosity is where do I go from there? Like, how do I make sure I'm min-maxing or uh, going the right path and not wasting my artifact power? Because the artifact power you need right now is substantial. Well, if you just hit 110 and you don't have that many traits, then uh, I highly suggest that you don't get echoing stars. It pulls a lot. It pulls a lot in Mythic Plus. And I know a lot of Boomies who has a lot of history about it. Like uh, you throw Starfall, then just some targets that just get pulled, and it's your Echoing Stars. It's not even Starfall itself. It's a gold trade. Right. So that's a trade you want to delay as much as possible. But I believe the majority has 35+, plus, so that's a little bit too late. Right, yeah. So... That's the weird thing. I, I From all my balance testing when I was looking at this stuff back in beta, Echoing Stars, one of your gold dragons, right? One of your ones you get earlier on is the one you talked about when you said the whole the starfall back and forth. So each time your starfall deals damage, it also damages another nearby enemy for 11% yes. spell power astral damage. So nearby is 8 yards though, right? That's not too far. Or is there shenanigans? I, I don't think it's nearby. I just think it's additional target. Oh no. I think it's, that's how it's <laughs> worked. Exactly. Huh. And... Yes. So, I, like, when you're on the ship in the Mars Souls, then you just put the uh, Marina or something, I think it's called, from below deck, and it just wipes you. Yeah, I've... Yeah, I've been with my balance druid in Mythic Plus, and they'll be star falling when you're under the ship, but you pull things above, or you'll be on top of the ship, and you'll pull things below. Both, both. Like, in Arcway, yeah. uh, there's a place where you go below a bridge. Um, I use my star for there. I ended up um, pulling the wall dungeon. The so, whole dungeon. Yeah, the wall dungeon because it was after the. Uh, it was one of the last packs, so they were just team pulling everything towards me. Mm. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's not because you can control where you place your starfalls. You can kind of hope you don't do that. Old starfall, last expansion, where you just put your arms up and you starfall <laughs> everything around you. That was obviously yes. a little different, different of a problem for sure. A funny notice when I started on Legion, the first thing I did was, okay, I'm going to level as Boomy. Mm -hmm. I pull everything, and then I click Starfall, and I'm like, why is this not working? <laughs> because I need to place it first. So I ended up dying, like uh, the first pull ever, and I was just so confused. The old Starfall is just like an aura. You click it, and you throw it everywhere. Now you need to place it. I, I, yeah, visually, I think the new Starfall is great. The fact that you can also like layer them so that the actual shower <clears> in that area gets like really cool versus the other one that just like you just threw your hands in the air and then just like a little stars just fell. So, but I guess that brings up a question before I move on to the next one. Do you both like the new Starfall better or do you prefer last expansion Starfall? I don't know, Jeebus, what well, do you, oh, or, oh, you can yes, go. yes. Uh, Jeebus. 
I prefer the old one, but I can certainly see why it's problematic, and I, I get why they changed it. Right. But I did prefer just being able to bass pull everything. I thought that was funny. <laughs> one of those druids. The reason I like the new one is because of Stellar Drift, unless uh, because mm. in, during Stellar Drift you can move and cast. Uh, maybe it will work differently with the old. I don't know, but uh, I really like it um, when you can move on fights like Elisander, where there's a lot of movement. True. So I definitely like Stellar Drift, and that makes up for the new Starfall. Okay, that's fair. Now you're talking about Stellar Drift is that you can cast. Wow, uh, it's your... a talent uh, which yeah. makes when you throw a starfall, uh, then you can move in the starfall uh, location. Yep. Yep. You move and cast while in the radius. And cast. Yeah. Yes. Also makes it, yeah, 30% radius and more damage, of course, too. All right. So, anything else about the new traits that you want to go over? Jeebus, anything else that you wanted to make sure we tagged in there? Or are we all set on those? No, I think we're fine. The new. Like four point trade isn't really interesting. It's just straight up move, uh, starfall damage. So right. Is there any priority that you want to? Because I saw that in your guide. Let's see if I can funnel back over to that one because you have. Let me see where that is. You have relics. You have like a little relic, plus or minus eye level calculator. Like what? What do balancers want to shoot for for their, their relics, for their right. So staff. The, there's a, a full like priority for single target in the guide, mm -hmm. but because uh, especially uh, the Moonfire Sunfire trade works in both single target and AoE, we usually want to get those pretty early, even though they're not the best pure single target. Um, so, so like, what is the ideal uh, route? Is, is it's kind of up to you. Do you want to prioritize your single target or your AoE, or do you want the hybrid? Uh, but I think uh, my recommended list would probably be, be like. South of the Stars, the, the top single target, and then get the two dot traits that increases Moonfire and Sunfire damage, and then go down the list for single target and pick up Falling, uh, Falling Star? Is that the one? Uh, it empower the, the other AOE one that empowers Starfall uh, damage. I'll get that last, and then we have two useless defensive traits. Just take those last as well. Right, right. It looks though like your relics don't have a huge swing... There are some relics out there for different DPS specs specifically that have like a gigantic swing that like that is the best relic you can get, period. Everything else is trash. But you used to have like a similar one to where I am right now where I have like a plus four to a plus three and a plus two kind of relic. That's just a lot more manageable. I think Red Paladins still have like plus 20 eye levels on wherever the one that gives you more crusade. So stupid. But right, yeah, so we, we pretty much just want to prioritize our level and our relics. It's like the, the traits are okay. pretty insignificant for the most part, which is also the reason why the ordering is not like super important. Okay. So something a little different to switch to right now. This is how best to cast all the Boonfire. So this is something that you wanted to make sure we integrated into the show today. There's sort of this topic that comes up that... Every spec, I'm sure, gets it in some different way, but because a spec that has changed so much from one expansion to the next, a question comes up about, like, help me solve my DPS problem. So, Anna, what do you find for helping players, like, play balance better? Like, how does balance work as the new builder spender in, in Legion? Well, uh, well, right now, it's 
a lot of forgiven actually. Like uh, when you use your star search, you get import stack of solar wrath and lunar strike. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the helmet, like if I can call a wrath for number one and lunar strike for number two. If you throw two star searches, then you can basically either do one one two two or one two two one. You can even do two two one one. Like it's irrelevant. You just need to use the stacks. So what happens with the booming DPS and when I look at the people logs for improve, mostly it's the generation of how they do things. Like um, if you know the timers, if you know you have to move, it's better to save 30 AP for the next star search than just begin to move and just dot when you don't have to redot. It's because when you dot, you only get a, like free uh, uh, astral power where if you uh, like had a global cooldown instead as a star search and then you throw a wrath uh, when you finish moving mm -hmm. then you will get like 10 ap instead of three over time like over the encounter it stacks up it will equal more star force or more star surges so it's really important that you time how you generate your uh, astral power that's that matters more than just throwing spells hmm. so definitely when you dps it's more about uh, generating your AP than uh, throwing spells, actually. So that's the main issue I see in a lot of people. Because there's definitely, I understand the builder spender aspect. Enhancement Shaman is a builder spender. I just juggle a bunch of micro buffs on myself, especially with a new build. I'm just fighting micro buffs the whole freaking time. But I never know how that feels with other specs, and because the arranged one. So. Like, for you on the, the mythic fights that you're ahead of me on, like, I don't know what Gul'dan feels like or what Elisan feels like. Because, uh, like, Star Og, I don't know before that, there's a lot of a lot of tunnel time, which obviously works really well with any ranged. But, so how do you maximize your, your sort of movement versus dots versus empowerments? Because you only get three stacks of empowerments, right? So you can't yes, like... and you don't want to overcap. And another thing is yeah. still a drift. Like, when you can move and cast, mm -hmm. it just helps a lot. So you need, when you use Starfall and Silidrift, you need to keep in mind that you want to DPS the bus as well as you want to remain in the circle and uh, move in it. So you need to like position well. So I will say that the Silidrift is basically what the makes up for people and movement. Hmm. What do you think about the whole solving your DPS problem and, and playing a balancer at better Jeebas? Like, what do you have? Uh... I don't really spend a lot of time with that, sadly. Uh, it's mm. mostly uh, <laughs> Embra that uh, that takes care of that. But uh, what I can say is that the, the problem with the resource spent as a range right. is that whenever there is movement, we can't generate our resource. So if you compare it to uh, a, a cooldown-based range spec that gets a lot of damage just from their cooldowns, like say, I don't know, m most people who actually went over to the to the resource spender, right? But fire mage, um, arcane mage, do yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, for instance, like uh, let let's just compare it to uh, to to combustion, for instance, uh, or rune of power, something like that. You you pop that cooldown, then you do a lot of your damage during that window. We don't really have that same thing with the resource spender, where uh, we can just do, wait for our cooldowns to come back up while running around. We uh, we have to keep doing our damage constantly, and that's an issue. Like, if we're moving, we're doing very little damage. Huh. That's, I mean, every, <coughs> not every spec is a hunter, which can, you know, Beastmaster Hunter, for example, can move and do everything. 
that they want to do. And that's sort of like their thing. So has the, I guess, has the movement paradigm or movement meta for a caster really changed a lot in Legion compared to Warlords? Is it better or is it worse? If you're a Shadow Priest and you surrender madness, <laughs> then you don't care. Well, I mean, there's that. <laughs> I think it's pretty much the same. I mean, for us, it's slightly worse because in the old version, we we would have uh, our shooting stars proking and we would still get our star searches no matter what. Like there was basically like a static uh, income of star searches all the time, no matter how much you were moving, right? Mm -hmm. um, so so for us, it's definitely we we are significantly more punished by movement now than we were before. Uh, which personally, I think that's all right. I just think the reward needs to be there when we can perform. Like, when, we, when we're stationary, when we're turreting, we should be doing more damage. We're not really doing very good single-sided damage, even when we get to turret. There's definitely some balance on the horizon before Tomb comes out. We all sort of assume that 7.2.5 will be out before Tomb, because they're not going to drop all those changes right in the middle of a raid tier. But overall, if you subtract Affliction Warlock, which is incredibly busted right now, um, they're still only about at like an 8 to 10% top to bottom, which is like the best it's been in overall damage. But there are still some issues when you compare the top three to the bottom three. And I'm right there with you at the bottom. Balanced Druids and Enhanced Charms are pretty low on the, on the totem pole right now. So a little bit of something going into the patch would be nice. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, technically you guys did get a buff on your artifact that wasn't intended because you needed it, and that still, like, is not enough. <laughs> yeah, it's still not enough. I mean, yeah. if you go look at the locks for, for Krosus, Triliax, the big single target fights, we're pretty much bottom by, like, a, a big margin, which is kind of sad. Uh, because, obviously, those fights are fights where we, um, we are punished somewhat by movement, right? So, um, if you compare it to, like, say, Star Ogre, we'll be doing a bit better on that because there's way less movement. Like, for instance, the Trillix phase, you know, with the big beam, that's pretty much us doing zero DPS for the full 20 seconds or however long that is. Um, but, but, but yeah, we, we do need a single second boost, I would say. Yeah, there's a little bit of tweak. Um, it's funny because before on past shows, we talked about how Frost Decay, which have been a little bit tweaked down, thankfully, and Fury Warrior, which you can't really tweak down because fights last so damn long they get so many Juggernaut stacks or DPS just skyrockets in the Execute phase, which I guess is their whole point, right? But then Affliction Warlocks now from top to bottom are like 15 to 18% up there, which is like bad. That's bad. So we'll see if that gets toned down. Yeah, that's, if, I think it will. Oh, it I has to. I think it will for sure. <laughs> it has to be. But the... New bit that I'm going to include on the shows going forward because it is sort of a relevant thing. The Mage Tower, which... Let's get a little little moment of silence for the Mage Tower, which we hope would be the, a great AP boost. Uh, that's all. But the Mage Tower <laughs> brought the challenge appearances for all the different yes. specs in the game. So you both have completed the Moonkin forwarding the Twins artifact challenge. Do you want to... Yep. Yeah, I can talk on, Yeah. Yeah, I will do that. Like to begin with, I want to give a shout out here for Sias. He created a nice guide on the uh, Wohead. He actually took over Wohead. So he has a fine um, guide for this mate, Sour Talent, as well. Just wanted to lay that out first. 
But yeah, uh, I did the challenge of having 899 eye level and uh, 39 trades, where I actually had to start the encounter very well before I could do anything. But uh, I managed to do it at the end. And uh, what I can say is that uh, you definitely need some specific specific challenge for do it, and it requires a lot of bursting, like saving the hands. They will wipe you definitely. You either need a second part or cooldown, or you always need something for them. And you need to like uh, remember that there will be a next one, so you need to keep for the next one as well. So it's a lot of uh, controlling your cooldowns and movement. The Mage Tower challenges are interesting due to the fact that there are... So there are five shared across all the DPS in the game. One for tanks, one for healers. I think overall, as we're finding out, the tank ones are definitely the most difficult because they're basically just DPS challenges again, which doesn't make any sense. But uh, the Mage Tower one, there's always the back and forth. Enhancements is the easiest, blah, blah, blah. No, it's... Affliction Warlocks with the ring, blah, whatever, like all these different things. I mean, Jeebus, how did you, what did you think of the thwarting the twins mage tower for your new yeah. scythe? What did you think? I thought it was too easy. I'm not going to lie. I oh, did okay. one shot that. Oh, God, I okay. Do, I mean, I do have pretty good gear, and I do pre play Boomkin reasonably well, of course. Mm -hmm. But even then, like, I, I, I'm kind of disappointed in the difficulty level. I, I expected a bit more. Um... So yeah, I, I tried the uh, the Guardian one. I spent 50 pulls on that, and I still didn't complete it. Wow. And I'm not a terrible Guardian Druid, but that that's the challenge I would have wanted for the Balance one as well, really. Uh, I'm Yeah, the, the tuning on them are a bit off, I'd say. And they're... So they're tuned for a Tomb of Sargeras gear, right? They're probably tuned for like 915, 920 eye level, like introductory kind of thing. So they'll get easier yeah. with time if anyone's salty about them. But it's it's weird to see... That like all the DPS ones have been cleared, the healer ones have been cleared multiple times, like all the different healers can do it. But the tank one, there was like one prot paladin in the world or something that did it. Like what? Yep. Why? <laughs> so there is And some... also, by the way, forget the skin. Um, you need to remember that you don't have to kill both the brothers. Uh, for clear the um, scenario you have to, but uh if you just kill uh, I think it's called Reach or Reach, if you just kill him, then uh, you complete the quest. So it doesn't matter if you die to carry him at the end. Ah, so just the Wraith or whatever, the guy in the middle, the guy standing yeah, still? Yeah, exactly. The moment he dies, you're complete, you're done. Okay. You don't have to do like me and spend like two minutes killing the guy chasing you as well. <laughs> There's no need for that. You can just, can you, so you can just kill the guy in the middle and then die and then you get the skin? Yeah. Pretty yes. much. I, I think a portal appears as well. I don't know if you can just <laughs> click that in combat. You probably can. I, I haven't tried because it as I said, I killed it without knowing, and then I, even after I killed it, I didn't realize that was the way to get out. I was still stuck, stuck there for like a minute. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, that's weird. Okay. So any bugs or anything major tomfoolery that's happening with Balancered right now? Is there anything that's sticking its awkward head out? Like, oh, I'm broken. Abuse me. Anything like that happening with uh, with Balancered well, right now? Because, we had two things that got fixed. Typhoon Disease and uh, Wax and Wayne. But they got fixed now. I don't know anything else, Jeebus. Uh, there's a spell queuing issue with the uh, Fool Moon oh, yeah. because it rotates the spell, but it's pretty minor because you rarely cast the Moon spells back to back. That's <laughs> the ability. But yeah, that's pretty up, minor. You brought up spell queuing. 
there's nothing that's happening because if you haven't heard and you're not aware of the frost mage like manual tweaking you can you can change your spell queue in the game now which is different from lag tolerance that was a new thing in this last patch in 7.2 and you can sort of like queue up spells to cast and that's how frost mages have suddenly rose way high in the dps list because they can get off like two figures of frost for every like shatter combo or whatever which is not supposed to happen or something so there's no awkwardness with spell queuing for balance though right you can't like layer abilities or sneak out extra star surges or anything like that can you uh you you can actually if you have the emerald mm. dream catcher you want oh. to play with that um, you want to adjust your, your spell queuing so you can make sure you get those casts off right as you finish the previous one. Is that is that like an intentional gameplay loop that players can sort of like... Is that a... It, it feels weird because as a, as a melee, right? Like I, there's no spell queuing for me. I hit, you know, Storm Strike, Lava Lash, Flame Tongue, Hailstorm, you know, Rock Biter, Storm Strike, Storm Strike. So I, I just hit abilities in a priority list. But this new like spell queuing system is interesting for casters because is that do you feel like that's an intentional gameplay loop or do you have to do it to like I, maximize? I don't, I don't think it's intentional, but you do have to do it to maximize. The issue is that we have static duration buffs, so if you can fit spells into that duration, uh, that that buff window, like Fermal Dreamcatcher, it's three seconds. You, so you, if you can fit that extra spell in every time. You benefit a lot from it. It's the same thing with the Icelands, um, where you also have like I don't know how much that is, but you have like a specific time frame that's static. But because you have lower haste, you can get multiple casts in during that window, and then you need to use the spell queuing because otherwise, like you, you can't press the button within that point zero yeah. zero one second, right? Right. Yeah. My Zoomkins is here. Yeah, it's because of haste values and whispers. Yeah, that's so weird. I believe a blue plus said that MS plus 200 for most players. That's the, I don't know. When when I logged into patch 7.2, we started doing farm on Tuesday. And I was like, why are my abilities so behind? And I had to go manually adjust my lag tolerance to go back to like, I think I put it on 70 MS. And now it's like one to one. But I don't know, I don't play a caster in that regard. I play Elemental for Mythic Plus, but I never want to have spells queued because I want to tag Earthquakes onto the end of a Chain Lightning because the Chain Lightning, when it fork lightnings or whatever, when it overloads, that Maelstrom comes after the cast. So if I queued the spell up, I would actually lose Earthquakes, as far as I know, from what I played. Mm -hmm. So that's strange. That, that's, that... that's the trade-off, this. It's like the choice between, can you adjust... Like, how, how long can you adjust your next spell cast? But you also want to queue it because otherwise it'll go off slightly later and then you lose a bit of cast time when you're doing nothing, right? Yeah. That's a strange, suddenly new thing that I guess if you can really maximize it to a certain degree on certain specs, it is part of how you'd play in Legion now going forward. Huh. Strange. But no other crazy bugs. So, well, all right then. Anything for the first chunk of the show that you want to reiterate? We've already gone through all the first part. We can get down to the more mathy stuff if you're both good. Good? Yeah, sure. sure. Sounds good to me. Well, I'm going to take a moment and blab at you guys about some things and stuff that you may or may not know about. Of course, the first one again, 
I have to give a big shout out to the assistant producers of Patreon and all those, of course, that are helping keep the show rolling that are on Patreon. If you didn't hear, of course, there are more podcasts on the Patreon page. You can go unlock these and just go listen to them at your leisure. You can also see the show notes and follow along in the show and sort of see how those are all scripted and put together. The little timeline, of course. So those are available to you on Patreon. And if you are not catching the whole show live, you can always go to the YouTube channel. Everything is put together in gigantic playlists. You can go check out some of the past episodes, of course. We're on 135, for example. So they're all put together in seasons for the year. So you can go check out the past shows in their YouTube cut format. Link is down below the stream. Additionally, if you want to listen to the show in the audio-only format, you can go to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music, and just search for Final Boss TV. And I should just pop right up there, and you get the audio-only version. You can do the website as well at finalboss.tv, and you can just hook into the RSS feed if you'd like to do that on your phone or whatever if you're traveling. Or you can listen to the audio-only versions right there on the website. Because some people like to have the audio-only, don't want the, the whole video show. But that's up to you. Or, if you want to support the show in a more physical means, then you can go over to the official merch store. A whole bunch of different styles of shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, phone cases, mugs. Well, there's only two mugs there right now, but more to come in the future. And uh, it helps me keep making shirts and things to commemorate the world first, as well as other local artists. There's a whole bunch of shirts up here by Faye Bellina. If you're into the more cute side of things, or if you want to blame a certain celestial dragon, that's also fine too. Wear a beast at BlizzCon and, and go find him and uh, take selfies. That, that works for me. But you can find the links down below the stream as well. So thank you all for supporting the stream in whatever way you are doing so. And listening to the show and enjoying the discussions and the conversations going forward. The show has sort of changed so it's not just so guide-oriented. And we have a lot more things to discuss and talk about. But let's get, let's get right into this now. Let's start talking about some mathy stuff if you're ready to talk about stats, artifacts, talents, legendaries, all that kind of good stuff. Are you all set? Yeah. Yes. So, who wants to break down stats for Thunder Turkeys? You want to take this, Jeebus? Sure. Right. So um, we have uh, a, a pretty even like stat weight for all the stats. Um, we do tend to prioritize haste and mastery because they are significantly stronger for area of effect damage. Um, but generally, you just want to get high eye level gear. And then if it's like five eye level or so, maybe ten if it's like if it's crit verse, you can get drop like ten eye levels for haste mastery. But generally get high eye level, try and get a ton of haste and mastery. That's pretty much it. <laughs> um the reason haste is so good is because it double dips with the uh, with dots in the sense that it both increases the damage of each dot you cast. But it also reduces the global cooldown, and uh, which is effectively the cast time for dots, which uh, increases the damage as well of your DPS. Yeah, um, so you have you have a pawn string here on your guide, yeah. and you list like haste over mastery is is you know equal to intellect, and then greater than crit, and then crit is equal to uh, ish to versatility. Is this sort of a because you say eye level? Is a thing, but you also have intellect being not your top stat. Right. Yeah. So I mean, basically, it's because they're so close that oh, that okay. eye level is the most important. Um, and and it, 
you, if you can, you want like multiple gear sets because you you do want for single target, you want eye level, mm-hmm. no doubt about that. But for AOE, you do want to prioritize haste and mastery, especially haste. So if you can, you want to run multiple gear sets. Okay. Um, and switch just high eye level for single target for AOE. Swap in some more haste and mastery, even if you drop a few eye level. And you, I like how you talk about you know because because pawn. I made a guide for how to do pawn and simulation craft to put it all together. And listing sort of like a baseline pawn string for players is helpful, but obviously you should sim yourself and figure that all all out in that regard. Do you want to? Is there any who runs the um, simulation craft module for balance? Do you need any shout outs real quick here that need to be accounted for? I believe it's a combination between uh, Jundar, Sleepy Kings, and Jebus, and I believe Sias as well. He does the math as well, but uh, I think Sleepy Kings. Is the one doing most of the syncraft. If I'm wrong, sleepy and gender, then my bad. One of them. Fair enough. Yeah. I I, I ran no a lot idea. of sims. I ran a lot of sims at the start of the expansion. Uh, I I've stopped doing it recently, mostly because there's no, hasn't been any significant uh, mechanical changes. Right. Uh, there's the Starfall one, but I don't believe the uh, simulation craft has been updated uh, with that yet. Uh, but that could be interesting to sim. Uh, but yeah, but it's uh, yeah. But uh, of course, if you want to know the the best DPS for your character, you want to sim yourself every time okay. for single target. Right. And now that we talk about stats, one thing I want to highlight is the crafted uh, neck. It's called Sylvan Maelstrom Amulet of the Impatient. I think since Jewelry uh, doesn't have uh, intellect, then uh, the eye level doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, the nick itself with the gem enchant- uh, I mean gem socket, it has around 2,670 haste rating. That is al- almost uh, 10% haste, or 8, 8-9% around that. Uh, it gives you so much haste that on other pieces you can, for example, go for versatility or crit or anything else. So while it's a crafted nick and while it's low eye level, it can help your overall gear with the stats even more. So also like the, there's Jason's uh, rule set from uh, Court of Stars and Arcway, which ah. uh, gives a master proc. Uh, the, the, like the stats on itself, it's a little bit low, but the proc, it's really good. And I believe the, it comes like 20 eye levels extra on both pieces. So if you have like 900 each, it's like 920. So there are a few pieces where you don't really care with the eye level but they still need to be relevant. And we know that the craft next each uh, patch, they increase as well. Right now, I believe level 12 is max, or was it 10? But yeah. Yeah, there's been some back and forth on the crafted next <clears throat> being being worth it. Uh, looking through the guide that drew crafted neck is right here, but it says that uh, it was changed to longer work in raids. So you actually don't, get the versatility flat talk about the sylvan maelstrom amulet right that one yeah yeah yes but the haste only makes up for it like you don't really need the versatility mm. i was i was doing some uh, amazing stuff with it okay like like i had the jason rune set i had the arcano and uh, the whispers with faucet and the emerald catch dream i mean the helmet and the ring uh, i think i would like just to show an example at the 895 eye level, I was in like 830 KDPS because like uh, I just had all the procs, everything. 
So you can really do some amazing uh, things with uh, the specific gear pieces. It just helps the overall gear stats. So you would make, you would get one of these crafted that is just, because these crafted decks, if you don't know, have only one secondary on them. Just one. Yes. And it's all in that one stat. Yeah. So you'd want one that's just haste. You should see your gear as a cake. Like uh, each gear piece is like a piece of cake. You you need to think of the wool cake. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) But that is a lot from one piece for sure. Definitely a lot for one piece. Um, I had here that I want to talk about the Emerald Dreamcatcher now, but I'm going to wait until we get a little deeper in when we start talking about legendaries. We'll talk about that uh, when we get down there. So tier 19, which we're currently sitting in right now, your tier 19 set, so the garb of the Astral Warden, <coughs> is your two pieces, your Lunar and Solar Empowerments also increase the critical strike chance of their corresponding spell by 15%, so free crit on your empowered spells. And your four pieces of Star Surge will deal 15% increased damage to targets affected by both Moonfire and Sunfire. Jeebus, how did these play out overall? They look like they're... They're a set bonus that isn't factored around one spell like so many other classes have. So, these look pretty solid? Um, for single target, for sure. The, the issue is that they do absolutely nothing for AoE uh, or multi-target in general. Which is kind of sad, um, yeah. And then there's uh, the, the my major complaint with them, other than doing nothing for AOE, mm-hmm. is that it increases ramp up time. Uh, like say on Necrosis, you have one of those sets that you really want to kill. Well, your Star Search now does fifteen percent less damage because you don't have time to apply both your dots first, oh. and that is pretty annoying. Hmm. I guess that's a way to play around that, but that is a good point. Because Moonfire is normally always up, right? Like, yeah, not, not barring talents, but it's up so long. But star, obviously, Sunfire has a very short window, so... It's up on anything that lives for a significant amount of time. It's only if, if an ad lives for, like, five seconds. You don't want to apply your dots first. It's not worth it. Yeah. And then you lose the 15% bonus damage. Yeah, it's not terrible, but I can see how that can be, that can be a problem. Anything else you want to add in the Tier 19, Ana, or...? Well, what I can say is that I think there's like pieces bonus that are great, but they're just not great for night hole. Like I just don't see them fit in. You can maybe use the shoulders and legs and get the two piece for the AOE fights, but uh, there's not really that many single target fights. So the four piece, like there are really few fights where you use it. To be honest, do you actually? It's just better. You don't. Yes. A- you don't actually take it off and wear like higher eye level pieces, right? You just uh, don't get to use it. It's fullest, on some fights you do. Oh, on some if fights you have, you're better off. Yes, yeah. you're better off re- replacing them. Hmm. Uh, the it's only the shoulder and legs that are really really good stats wise. The rest are like a little bit meh. But the pants are pretty high to get hard to get with high eye levels since they drop. That's true. Them. That's true. So. Yeah. Interesting. There's not many classes that I talk to that want to take off their tier set, so that's that's curious. So you said shoulders and legs. Legs are the best two. Alright. Fair enough. How about your tier 20 is just around the corner now, though. So this will change things a little bit and bring you up tier 20 first, and then we'll talk about legendaries and talents in a minute. But this is... There's a lot in this tier 20 set. So your Stormheart and Rainmint 
Your two-piece will increase your astropod generation by 10%. Can I stop you there? Yes, you can. <laughs> I was waiting. It's, I was uh, yeah, all right. It's confirmed that the 10% uh, generation, it will be swapped to something else. We don't know what it will be, but uh, it will be gone. So we can forget about that. Yep. The 30 astral power cap will uh, remain, mm -hmm. but uh, it will do something else. Yeah. And, so, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I don't know, know what it will have. All we know is the two piece gives you 30, 30 extra astral power flat, and the four pieces, your star surge and star fall, increases your haste by 3% for 15 seconds, up to five stacks, but gaining a stack does not refresh the duration. It's essentially like the erratic metronome that you may be dealing with right now in Nighthold, but it's a scaling version, whereas the erratic metronome is obviously a flat numerical value increase. So how how do these look going into the future with tier 20? Anna, if you want to keep going from what we said earlier. Yeah, sure. Uh, the scaling, it will be great. Like It will just improve as your gear gets better. The more, the more stats you have, it will just be stronger overall. The metronome, uh, if if it's the same proc rate, um, I believe it had 80% uptime and you had averagely 1.9 stacks with metronome. So if this is going to look something similar, then we will averagely have 6% haste all the time. Uh, if we can keep it uh, similar up, like it wouldn't have the set yet, so I need a little bit testing. But uh, if it's going to look like that, then it's just like having passive 6% 6 haste rating. So that's going to be great. There the, is... the best thing oh, is by far that it works for AOE because it also procs off Starfall. <clears throat> and yes. the two-piece also works for AOE. So we will be using those that set bonus like for everything. We won't unequip that ever. And the, the haste is actually really strong. It's by far our strongest stat. As, well, not by far, but it's our strongest stat. So it's really nice to get more of that. Uh, and... If you have the Emerald Dreamcatcher, it gets really interesting with the four-piece. You'll be able to get like absurd haste numbers and they'll change your breakpoints around with the Emerald Dreamcatcher. It's really, really awesome to play with. It also, also looks really good. I'm showing it on screen right now just to make sure chat knows that it like explodes and your face mask opens up and it's, it's pretty wild looking. <laughs> A small comment on haste rating as well that I should maybe mention earlier. Like haste rating is so good for us if you do sims and look at the stat weights. You need to realize that haste rating is a little bit better than what is stated because if you sim uh, patchwork, you are not moving. So you just do the normal DPS if you don't move. But in actual encounters, you will move. So your dot damage, it will remain the same while your casting spells, they will go a little bit lower and since that's um, haste affects them your haste rating is actually better than what your power string or what your sim says so haste is actually way better than what we can uh, calculate it to be it's gonna be a wild ride when any i i wonder because some of these set bonuses that existed in the past before that are these multiplicative like they scale <coughs> with you set bonuses and because we live in this world of titan forging and world forging they have to be careful that they don't make these too good and they stay around for too long. We're already talking about how people are going to run like two-piece and four-piece if you have two high-level pieces of tier 19. They did try to curb this slightly in bumping up the eye level in Tomb of Sargeras by plus 15 over the course of everything. 
So now you're looking at like a 20 to 30 or more eye level difference for keeping tier 19 pieces, which is a lot of stats. So maybe we won't do that, but hopefully they fix that because they, they can't just nerf tier 19 because there's some people that are using tier 19 to progress and whatnot. That would kind of be weird, but we do live in a weird, only because we have six piece sets now. So that should be interesting, but I mean, is it our... Are balusters looking at doing the four-piece tier 22 piece tier 19? Because your two-piece tier 19 is just a flat crit on your empowerments. Like, you could just wear that. Would that be worth it? For single target, maybe. Um, for AoE, no. If mm. you can get high eye level, that'll likely be better in most cases. I mean, if you can go back, get Titan Force, like, what is it going to be, 955, something like that, right? Sure, you want to use that. But... Uh, otherwise, you're likely just going to be using off pieces with high eye level. Okay. Also, there's obviously the legendary issue, right? You can't use your ML Dreamcatcher or your legendary shoulders if you're yep. using a double set bonus. And we can't forget Jason Cruz if it procs high. Like, that's really good too. So you definitely want to keep that in mind if you're lucky in Mythic Plus and you they proc high, then they are definitely really good as well. Right. Well, that's so prefacing the sets and going forward, we keep talking about legendaries and this <laughs> elusive, amazing helmet that you guys have to deal with that is so. It's so impactful that it's almost like one of a, probably the top legendaries of any spec in the game because it actually impacts. It's not just like a flat DPS increase, right? It's not when you bloodthirst four times, you get 4% more damage and healing. Oh boy, you know? Like, it's not. Whenever I have my weapon buffs up, I get 4.5% more flat damage. So it's like, oh boy. But so the Emerald Dreamcatcher, the helm, is that Star Surge reduces the astral power cost of your Star Surge by seven for three seconds up to two stacks. So, uh, Jeebus, you want to start walking through some of the reason why this helmet is so freaking good? Because, sure. Go for it. Right. So. The reason this is so good is because you can uh, use your Star Search, then you can cast another spell, and then you can cast a Star Search again while still within the same buff window of three seconds. Mm -hmm. And with higher haste, you can fit more and more spells or longer and longer cast time spells into this three-second window. And the, the, like, the more Astral Power you can generate in between those two, the, the longer you can keep the buff going because you lose less per star search you cast per, uh, per buff refresh, right? So with really high haste, or like during uh, your cooldowns, during your suggested alignment or incarnation, you'll uh, basically be chaining star search and either Lunar Strike or Solo Wrath forever, and you'll keep the buff going with full up time during your cooldowns. Um, and obviously, this is really good for DPS, but the best thing is it changes the, the very stale, boring, baseline Moonkin rotation to be very exciting to play and significantly harder, which I really like personally, because I don't think the base rotation is challenging enough. It um, is kind of, well, there's, there's a, there's an argument there to be made for challenging or engaging, or at least, I mean, there's not a lot of RNG in Moonkin, which can be great or boring, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, like again, moving the show over to, like, what I had to deal with. I have, like, a 150k DPS swing. Do I get good Stormbringer? Or do I get one here and there? Like, so there's a huge swing. 
some people really enjoy the consistent controlled damage versus the RNG, so... Well, it can bring up... I'm gonna bring up that part of your guide, too, because something visual to look at for this thing. Let me see, where is it? Because you wrote this gigantic post about the Emerald Dreamcatcher and all the stats and, like, the haste breakdowns. I can't... Yeah, because you have... The 17, I think. Is it 17? So, I That's think... All the, a list of oh, all the haste breakpoints that yeah, allows you to fit yeah. different spells in between the two star searches. Yep. So, because we have a ton of different dynamic haste buffs, your haste rating updates constantly during a boss fight. So you want a weaker or something like that to track your haste, mm -hmm. and then you want to adjust your rotation accordingly with those spells. Which is, like, you have to do that all the time. You have to think constantly about, oh, what am I going to cast next? Whereas, if you're just playing the normal rotation, you can press the exact same button every pull and do pretty much the same DPS. Yeah. Um, I actually so. created a weak ARA, which uh, he's talking about. I have it on my Discord and link it to people who ask for it. What it does is that it uh, tells you your current haste rating, and then there are icons next to it, which explain which breakpoint you can use from the guide. So if you just look at the guide and you understand the breakpoints, then you can use the weak ARA. And it also works with the whispers, so it's not only a haste rating; it's also your casting time. So when uh, the buff from whispers procs, you can see double lunar strike, and uh, when it's the debuff time where you got reduced casting, then you can see that it just shows wrath and how much haste you need before you can continue. So definitely, if you want this weak aura, I can share it on Discord. It helps a lot. It's it's in the pins where everything else is, right? I would assume. Uh, I assume yes. Okay. If not, I will link it. But no one reads the pin, so just yeah, get it linked. <laughs> yeah. Right, of course. There's uh, one thing we should probably mention about the Emerald Dreamcatcher. Sure. Yes, it's the best single second DPS legendary if you play it correctly, but it does up the skill cap by a lot. Like if you're not playing pretty much close to perfect, it's not going to be the best single second legendary. And for non-single target, it's not the best legendary. So even though it, it, this legendary might sound amazing, it's it's not that far ahead of everything else. And for most people, it's not even the best option. Mm. It's, it's it's a common misconception because it it was really strong and and it was pretty far ahead before it got nerfed in 7.1. But after that, it's actually not that strong DPS-wise. It's mostly just the extra rotation that a lot of people enjoy. Right. Because it changes how you weave your spells and how you interact with your Star Surge and what you cast yeah. after that and then how you cast your next Star Surge, yeah. Versus the build-spend, build-spend window. But yep. you have a couple other legendaries that you have in here in the tier list. Uh, Jeebus, you want to keep walking me through sort of the other hierarchy or other pros and cons sure. of your other standout legendaries? Right. So overall, I just want to say... The legendaries are a lot closer now than they were earlier <coughs> in the expansion. So, like, even if you don't have the best two legendaries, you should be perfectly fine. It's not the end of the world if you don't have the best. Actually, I would say there's, there's like, the three best ones. Imol Dreamcatcher, the head, the ring, um, that I can't remember the name of. Onus Intuition. Oh, that's the Bracers. That's the third one. Oh, that's the Bracers. That's the, the ring, bracers. the impeccable yeah. fell essence. So, yeah. That, that would be my, like, tier 1 legendaries. They're not that far ahead, but they, they are the best single target. And Unus and uh, Impeccable Fail Lessons 
are probably the best option for most AoE encounters. So those are your generally go-to options. But then there's the rest, which are not too far behind. They're a few percent behind TPS-wise, right? But they do also, there's a lot of defensive uh, or utility benefits to most of them. There's um, uh, the Echo Wraith just got buffed in uh, 7.2, so it now has an extra secondary stats. And it's uh, a chest piece, so it has really high uh, stat value, like a lot of insulate. Um, so it's actually a decent DPS uh, increase now as well. And it does provide the, uh, the, the defensive benefits that either you get more healing from Yucera's gift or you get uh, more damage reduction from your Guardian affinity. Mm -hmm. And um, then there's obviously uh, the boots that get buffed as well. Uh, uh, Blessing of Illum, the Moon Ghost. Promise like of Illum. Promise yes. of Illum, that's mm. the one. Right. Um, which gives you basically, uh, like, I think it's... It, two-thirds of your health it heals for instant cast every now and then you can have it uh, once a minute or so on single target that's really strong and it's not that far behind on dps anymore because it now also increases the damage of your fillers um and then there's Pridus, of course which also got extra secondary stats so it's better dps wise and you got the shield that's actually really strong for progression um and yeah it's it, the list goes on. They're all they're all pretty good now. I mean, there's uh, I'd, I'd say if the, the bad one is really Sinodaria because it provides no real defensive bonus, and you rarely benefit from the increased damage above ninety percent on the enemy. Both because your burst isn't that good. Like you, if you're running Incarnation, most of your burst damage actually comes like after the boss is already below 90% because it's like yeah. 15 seconds into the fight. It ramps up over time, right? So that's not an amazing legendary. Also, like the first 90% of a boss rarely matters. Like on most encounters, it's the last 10% that's the important ones. Um, and did I forget anything? Cephas? Cephas is, Cephas is pretty good. We like haste. Um, and it's got 2% baseline now as well. So that, that's pretty decent. The, the only thing about that is it doesn't give intellect, so it's it's a bit mad because of that. And we can't really reliably interrupt it without messing with that. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about Pridus and Cephas combo? <laughs> right. Is there, is there yeah, a combo so, here? What's the combo? Uh, no, it's just like the, the first or second day of 7.1. No, yeah, 7.1, right? Uh, yes. When we did the uh, Hell yeah. the, the Hellia yeah really clear, I ran this uh, this memekin build, which oh. uh, became viable because some of the AOE talents got buffed, so we could finally play AOE. Uh, and Pridus got buffed. I don't I don't think Cephas got buffed, but not yet. I was like, whatever. I'm gonna run the two stupidest legendaries that nobody likes, and I'm gonna show them that it works. Uh, and I got rank one pass on Hellia yeah, that one night. World and boss damage. Rank uh, yeah. one world and well, rank one boss damage. Both. Right. The, the, the boss damage was only for Boomkins. So can, <clears throat> can you... This is a transition element to go into talents now to sort of like tie this all together. And there's a lot of stuff that sort of indicates what you would run based on the balanced talent. So what... Jeebus, what is the memekin build right. of talents? The memekin build. Right. That is Warrior for Loon in tier 1. Uh, and then there's the uh, the uh, utility tiers where you can pick pretty much whatever you like. Sure. Uh, there's usually you play uh, Displaced Beast, the Wild Charge, uh, and then there's the uh, Affinity tier 
where you usually pick. Well, actually, you can use all three of those. That's a really good tier because all three of those you use. Uh, but that's not really relevant for this build. Yep. Uh, th- then there's uh, the CC tier, whatever. <laughs> and then there's uh, uh, 75, where you go Soul of the Forest, which got a massive buff in uh, 7.1. It uh, reduces Starfall cost by 20% now. It used to be 10. Oh, not percent, sorry. 20, 20 flat, up. yeah. It makes it cost yeah. 30, yeah. Instead of 60, yeah. Uh, no, sorry, it costs 40 instead of 60. 40. Um, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Math. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, that makes Starfall like really cheap to cast. You can keep it at 100% uptime pretty much. Uh, then you go Shooting Stars, which is uh, the best astral power generation for multiple targets. And you go Stellar Drift, which increases Starfall damage by 60%. Which is massive. It's actually so big that before we got our four piece, if you went the spec, it was pretty much the same casting Starfall as casting Star Search single target. Like you do the same single target DPS. That's That's how close it is. You'd Starfall on a patchwork fight and you wouldn't be. That's crazy. Yeah. Obviously. Oh, go ahead. It, it's it's significantly behind going full single target spec. Right, but right, if right. you are playing the spec, you can cast that full single target and do the same damage. So why? I mean, obviously there's there's a lot of little components here. So Warrior of Loon gives you snap burst AOE with your lunar strikes because lunar strike does yeah. cleave around it. So all the forest synergizes with not only shooting stars because you're going to have more astral power that you can dump into more Starfalls, which is a larger radius, does a ton more damage, and of course the whole synergy we talked about earlier with your dots ticking, especially now with Wax and Wane and whatnot, with the extra damage you're doing, I'm sure it's even better now, but is this still a potent build? Like, is the Memekin build still worth it? That is our full AoE build um, that we use now. Like, before 7.1, we would pretty much never play AoE. We would just full single target for everything. But now we play AoE spec. And I actually think we use it more than single target in Nighthold. Um, Yes. Well, some say 5 out of 5, like 50-50. But yeah. Right. Yeah, it depends. I mean... But then again, uh, Banistruis right now... Oh, sorry. Did you have to say more? No, you go ahead. All right, Banistruis right now is also like, you can't just go AOE or you can't just go single target. You always need to look at what does your rate have or if you do if plus, what does your party have? We are more like uh, followers instead of like leaders of what we're going to do. Uh, and a good example is on Gul'dan. Do you want to do more damage on the spread eyes or do you want to do more damage on the import eye? So we really need to like uh, pick our choices of what we need. On Croesus, do we really need to deal with ads? Will they die instantly, or should we just go full single target for the bus? So we really like have a lot of choices, and uh, it depends what you're going to do. If you have a wrist, uh, the legendary wrist, you can even use Starlet on single target, as you get to use some Star Search uh, because of the procs. And when you use Star Search, you have import stacks. Starlet give, gives you 20% cast uh, speed, as in haste for those uh, filler spells. Yeah, there's a lot of... I mean, I, I want to go back over to Jeebus again. Walk me through... Yes. Uh, I, as with chat's catching up and stuff like that, too, like you have different builds, and we went into right. a little bit on the BTS podcast, but... So, if you have this build, super AOE-focused, yep. 
how would the build change then to be super single target focused again to adapt to what your raid or your your mythic plus run needs right so basically we are all our tps tiers consists of one aoe option one single target option and one dead talent so <laughs> oh, no yeah it's pretty much uh the, the full single target build is star lord it's incarnation it's uh blessing of the ancients and then it's nature's balance but um we do mix these a lot so like for instance um nature's balance is really weak because uh, our thoughts are our fillers when we're movement fillers sorry um so we rarely get any real value from this outside of like burst windows where we just turret the bus. Okay. So the first thing you usually want to swap from YoE is Nature's Balance to Stellar Drift. Um, that, that because like 60% starfall damage is huge. Nature's Balance does barely anything really. Um, and then there's that, that's really the big one. But the, the other tiers are a bit different. Uh, the, the tier above with shooting stars versus, versus uh, Blessing of the Ancients is more about how many targets can you dot, mm. not about how many do you actually want to DPS. Because, for instance, on Tychondrius is a great example of this. We run pretty much full single target build. Well, you should be, really. <laughs> uh, if you're padding on that, you're doing it wrong. Um, but you can pad with dots and get single target increase because... If you have, I think it's two targets, um, then shooting stars gives more astral power regeneration than blessing of the ancients, even if you are not focusing on that, uh, both targets, just to the primary target. It now, would you, region. talking about how you would use that on a Tychondria style fight, you wouldn't tab Moonfire everything, you would just get the Sunfire spread, yes. right? Yeah, okay. so your Sunfire spreads. So every time a Blood Wave spawns, Sunfire, boom, Sunfire and all the uh, Bloods, and then you get the extra region. You don't lose any Globals on your primary target. Okay, okay, okay. Making sure I was on the same page with that, that you wouldn't go full scumbag mode for no reason. But if it's a, if it's a, if it's a Council fight, like what about um, a Botanist, for example? Would you actually cross-dot everything? Um, if you are in Phase 1 or Phase 2, you could, yes. If you're in Phase 3... Uh, Oh, well, okay, sorry, that was wrong. If you want to prioritize damage in phase one, uh, one and two, it's worth it because you have multiple targets. It's a lot like tier countries, right? True. Uh, but if you want to prioritize your damage in the last phase, which is usually the hardest part, you, you don't go shooting stars because you don't have extra targets in that phase. Now you're talking about from a mythic standpoint because it starts off with all oh, three yes, and then goes sorry. to this one. Yeah, right. That was mythic. On, yeah. on normal, you run a, uh, or heroic, you want to run uh, shooting stars, sure. Yeah. Okay. Because then you get the three at the end, which you can just cross dot the crap out of. So yeah, and do a ton of stuff damage. Right, because they all share HP. So if you're doing multiplicative damage to all three targets, you're basically just doubling to tripling your overall throughput. Okay, yeah. it's similar to how Shadow Priests would cross dot, and why Shadow Priests do so much damage on Botanist, because they get yeah. to cross dot for for insanity and then just tunnel the kill target. Right, similar to that. Yeah. Okay, we just gain a lot less from it than they do. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So what else is involved? You brought up... You talked about Nature's Balance. You talked about uh, Stellar Drift. Yeah. So There's uh, Solar Forest versus Incarnation. Yeah, right. Um, so... Fairy of Flume. No, we're not gonna... Well, that's what <laughs> that's I was getting at. <laughs> yes, and I guess right. you want still a play as well. While we're at it. Yeah, they're, so but, they're, you haven't mentioned any of these in any of the builds, I guess. We, that's we can the... talk about Fury of Flume. Like, basically... 
is undertuned mm. and it's extremely hard to use. And it requires the ads. It requires super stacked ads. It's an AoE spell, right? It's like three yards radius. Yeah. And you have to move it like between your global cooldowns to hit that. So it's really hard to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like even then it doesn't it doesn't do the like even if you play it perfectly it doesn't do enough damage to be worth it. It's just meh. Yeah. Just meh. Okay. Yeah. The uh, only place I used. Oh, sorry. No, no, go, yeah, go you, ahead. Go ahead. Okay. The only place I used Fury of Loom was on uh, scenarios when we wanted to dirt it, but uh, I ended up uh. killing myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, there's there's no the caveat. Way. Like that was just for the fun. Okay. So I knew I would die, but I just want to try it. I believe I had beacon and everything. Didn't work. Oh, Sios <laughs> is correcting you. The Fury of Loon isn't on the global to reposition. Uh, uh, I, I thought I said between your casts. Um, yeah, between your casts, but, so you can actually move it with a... Yeah, that's fair. Or by the, like, your mouse wheel but, or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was changed like uh, from being... Uh, it, it's, it's ne- it was never on the global cooldown, but I think it was changed from you, you, can ne- you cannot move it while casting, I think now you can move it while casting. So you can basically hmm. spam it while casting other spells. Okay. Although the one uh, question I was I was trying to lead into when you talked about Blessing of the Ancients in, in this single target build is that do you you stay Blessing of the Loon, I assume, oh, correct? Right. Yes, you never use uh, Ash. Anche. Anche. No, Anche. no Anche, Anche. really? And shit now. I mean, okay, you can use it. You can uh, you can be in it pre-pull because the first like few spells you cast is not. Oh, that, that's a lie. Actually, you pre-cast solar wrath, right? Never mind. <laughs> it's no. still not good. Oh no. Yeah. Um, I mean, if 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 for some reason you're playing this talent, and there's an AOE phase where you're not casting solar wrath or lunar strike, you okay. can use it. But if there's a phase that has that, you probably don't spec that in the first place. Okay. So, yeah. I've basically never used it. Yeah, Baloney say you can do Onshake for the first, like, eight seconds of a fight. Right. The, the issue is if you're precasting two solar wraps, you basically gain the same. So it's... Oh, okay. Similar. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then st- chat's been asking, you, you brought up Incarnation Chosen Balloon, which is yeah. a improved version uh, of what well, it used to be anyway, so you can line up sort of you get another three minute cooldown here, but no love for Stellar Flare. Uh, no, uh, it's under tune as well. It's the same thing as as Furia Falloon, really. It just doesn't okay. do enough damage, and then it's extremely hard to use compared to the other options. Well, yeah, it is it's under tuned. That's really it. But like uh, incarnation on single target. You get increased AP generation. Lunar Strike gives you 22 AP instead of 15. And when you use Incarnation, your buff up time is doubled, like normally 15 seconds, with Incarnation's 30. And you also deal 5% more damage. Um, Celestial Alignment is uh, 30, and Incarnation is 35%. So for single target, you will definitely want to go Incarnation, especially if you have the ring, which reduces the cooldown of it. And in AOE, you have the Soul of the Forest, which reduces your starfall. So those two talents, they're just so strong that the Stellar Flare, it just won't be worth it. Like, if you want to use it, it should be in another tier or tier talent. And you... That's maybe when. In the way that, like, cooldowns have been evolving over the course of time, though, I mean, when you, you line up Incarnation and Celestial Alignment, your base DPS cooldown just together, right? There's no... 
Oh, sorry. Celestial alignment is incarnation. When you use incarnation, celestial alignment gets changes right. to it. It gets changed. That's why I was making yes. sure we were on the same page. Yeah. No, you don't like have before, two cooldowns. You have one. Yeah. yeah. It, we had it used that to be two. Yes, right. it used to be two. You would always use them together, so they just made it one spell, right? Right. They made it replace. It's an upgraded version of the baseline. Doubles yeah. the duration and the effects of it so, to a degree. Well, celestial alignment reads. It gives you 30% damage. It increases the Astral Cloud generation by Lunar Strike and Solar Strike by 50% for 15. But Incarnation is 35% damage and 50% on well, Lunar Strike, Solar Wrath. So you just gain 15 more seconds and 5% more damage, looks like. So There's also one more thing. There's uh, one of our traits, uh, Moon and Stars, gives us haste during it. And it gives different amounts of haste. And it's like, uh, so it, every time you cast a spell, during Celestial Lament, you get 3% haste. Every time you cast a spell during Incarnation, you get 1% haste. Stacking until the end of the cooldown. Well, you, so that, that changes it a bit as well. Right. And you, you bring that up in a way that I was going to transition to because of when you talk about Tier 20. So you have Moon Stars, and we're talking about like a single target insertion, right? So we've got Incarnation going, which gives you 1% haste stacking. We go over to your, your, your Tier 20 bonus which gives you your Star Surge and Star Fall will give you the 3% stacking haste and maybe factor in your Erratic Metronome if that sticks around for a while or whatever the new Tomb Trinket is. There's a lot of haste synergy here to hit those breakpoints. And again, going back to the Emerald Dreamcatcher, there's all this potential to wiggle out. So how how is that all going to squish together going into the future? Like, what have you guys start thinking about for how that's all going to... How's that all going to play out? Well, uh, I really like playing with all these dynamic haste buffs uh, because it changes the ra uh, rotation. I, I think that's really uh, enjoyable to play with. Obviously, it makes it a lot harder, but yeah. Uh, one thing is we do get a lot of haste. So I suppose like our solar raft does drop below the global cooldown. Um, that's happening a lot right now with, uh, with Whispers, uh, the trinket, uh, Whispers in the Dark. Uh, we, we go to like, when it procs, we go to like 80, 90% haste, and then it just drops below the global cooldown cap, and we actually want to prioritize casting Lunar Strike over Solar Wrath, um, and getting even more haste is, is going to be an issue in that sense, right? So we're going to have like 0.5 second Solar Wrath cast times, but our global cooldown is still 0.75. Yeah, well, the 0.75 if you get 100% haste. Is that something achievable right now or something you could probably get yep. in next... Oh, it's right now. Easily. Yes. Oh. We, with I, above that, a lot. I think uh, I tried having 200% haste rating. Yeah. I, I've reached 250%. Like, if you're playing a Celestial Alignment where you get a 3% stacking, okay. you get like a ton of haste from that. You get a Whispers proc that gives a ton of haste. I think it's like 40, 30% haste. Uh, Metronome, if you get a few stacks of that, the Neck Enchant, Mark of the Claw, gives you 10 k, uh, 1k haste, sorry. Um, and then there's Lost, obviously. And you just go, like, get so much haste. And all your spells are just global cooldown. Cast time. Oh, there's also, uh, sorry, Starlord. Yeah. Uh, reduces yes. the cast time of your spells uh, as well when they're empowered by 20%. By 20%. But you can only you can only cast on the 0.75 maximum, though. There's yep. nothing special for balance. Like, Shadow Priests have, like, a 0.66, I want to say, but only if they're surrendered and only if they break so many stacks or whatever the math was. I don't know if that's yeah. still a thing, but, yeah, okay. 
But basically, that that's the issue I have with all these haste buffs. I I really enjoy playing with them, but we do run into this issue where there's just too much haste to play with. Okay, but that there's a weird back and forth on how much too much haste on a class that has two primary dots as well, or if you're casting Starfall, which used to benefit, but now you can see how they probably should have. They had to make sure they removed that scaling problem because it would have been like a you drop a starfall it lasts for four seconds, all the ticks in four seconds or whatever. That would have been crazy. So I can see how oh. they the rationale behind that, but at least we had burst AOE back then. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why you take Warrior of a Loon. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean Yeah. Sure. That that's actually I kinda want to talk about that to you because um a sure. lot of people pick Starlord, even for m encounters where the majority of the damage is really AoE damage, and they would actually benefit more for, from Warrior of the Loon. Like, I had a look at the uh, the rankings for Grand Magistrix one of the days, um, and it was like, everybody in top 50 was using Starlord, except for like me and the other Boomkin in my guild that were running Warrior of the Loon instead. Um, so I think there's some miscommunication there, maybe, uh, where we haven't been clear enough what is actually the best. Mm -hmm. uh, but Warrior Fidoon is actually, it's it's actually a good option for AoE. Um, it's surprisingly strong considering it just like gives you a free extra global cooldowns or whatever it is but, <laughs> every minute. So. But what about Force of Nature though? Yeah. All right. Um, it's undertuned again. Um, hmm. It it used to be good. Um, but we just like it doesn't scale with our mastery, so it just falls behind. It doesn't oh. scale with our new golden straight, uh, which everything else does. Yeah. So it just falls behind another six percent there, and it it like it just straight up needs a buff. That's if it got a buff, it would actually have a great niche because um, right now Warrior Valoon is good for AOE, Star Lord is good for single target. What Force of Nature would do is it would be a good single target DPS option when we are focusing more on AOE. I don't know how if that made sense, right? Yeah, but sure, sure, sure. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Warrior Faloon is is a pretty significant DPS loss compared to Star Lord, if you're a single target spec, uh, if you're doing single target damage. But Force of Nature, if tuned correctly, could be pretty competitive with Star Lord, but it doesn't require you to cast Star Search for it to work. Hmm. There is so I asked this, and Sios might remember. I asked this, I think, on the last show we had back in Warlords that. Even if Force of Nature was terrible, and it was the DPS lost talent in that tier, but it summoned three little baby Moonkin, would you still take it? Probably, no. yeah. Oh. No. Anna said no. <laughs> <laughs> Only if they're Cliff of Stars, Moonkings. No, they're no. gonna be. <laughs> well, the the Moonkin, like the pets, the little pet Moonkin, is so adorable. I don't know why you summon trees. You're not Scenarius. You're not a Restoration Druid. It should be little baby moonkins, and they should all come out and like little wraths. That would be make it happen, Blizzard. Do it. So, but I also wonder why, because they summon treants and it just slaps things. It just slaps them, or it used yeah, to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It used it used to cast solar wrath in warlords. Yeah. But it was changed to melee attack again, right. which it also did. Was it before Warlords, or was it? I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Back in the days, in Cataclysm at least, they melee as well. 
Yeah, I don't know why they don't, like, cast... I guess because the whole point of Forced Demeanor is you can use it when you're world questing because they taunt, right? Like, they can melee yep. things and take aggro, so... Yeah, it's brought up that's in chat that it's useful in Mythic Plus Necrotic to help tanks. <laughs> that's uh, true. Yeah. And it's... I think that's one of the other affixes as well where it's great. Uh, Sanguine, so you keep all the mobs in there for 10 seconds because they keep taunting them back in. <laughs> no. Uh, that Don't use Necrotic. Force of Nature if it's Sanguine. Yeah. Please. But to get the rest of the gear discussion out of the way before we get into like the nitty gritty open discussion, uh, because this is because this is like Jeebus's baby. Anna, what is this gigantic freaking balanced druid trinket Google document that is um, just to make fun of the fact that like look at all your trinket sims right now. Oh, look at Whispers in the Dark. Oh, wait, it keeps going. <laughs> So what is what is this huge thing? Like, how do you use this? What is this? What is this? Well, uh, we we want to make it uh, easier for people to compare trinkets to eat each others. So you can type in your stat weights, and it will like show you which trinkets rank them. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, just for comparison, uh, but uh, we still need to keep in mind that uh, all comparison, all simcraft, they are different from people to people. Some trinkets might be different, so you definitely need to put your own stat weights in it. Um, it's just for give people an idea. Like right now, we know that Whispers, um, Metronome, and Arcanio are just the, the three top uh, trinkets. And sadly, we no longer have uh, anything like Stormslinger with uh, snapshotting uh, dots. So, yeah, we don't have any funny trinkets. So, you basically, go to this. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Jeebus, go ahead. Yeah, so basically, most of our good trinkets are just stat sticks other than Whispers. Right. Which means you can just treat them as a normal gear piece most of the time. And the thing with uh, with secondary stats is the more you have one secondary stat, the better the other secondary stats becomes. Mm -hmm. So if you have 10k haste, haste probably won't sim as your best stat. But that's only because you have so much more of it than all your other stats. Right. So, like, generally, our best trinkets are haste sticks because that gives you that haste to go high on haste. But if you already have a ton of haste, no, it won't sim as number one. Fair enough. So, so you take this document, and again, this will be linked in the description box below, or it's, it's you know it's linked definitely in the different Discord, uh, the resource channel. But you import your stat weights, your DPS per point, not normalized, and then it'll give you your different balance points for how strong the different trinkets would be. And obviously you're going to keep updating this going forward because this doesn't have tomb trinkets, I don't believe. I don't that, th those will come when they get tuned because right now all right the tomb now. trinkets are absolutely terrible. Oh yeah, there's the one tomb trinket that like launches a shadow at the mob and does like 128 damage. Because that... Yep. That would be good right now, right? <laughs> that, I mean, yeah. It's a lot of that. Right? Oh, <laughs> man. So yeah, that that's there are definitely some things that are broken. So you can... You can go through this and figure out your, your trinket balance. There are different resources in every different Discord for trinkets in this regard. Everyone wants to know. There's always like two or three at the top, and then the rest are just like, mm. so. But this one is interesting because you can actually, it, it will impact your your weights. Uh, on the future show we have going on the on the horizon, there is a Resto Druid like weak aura that we'll talk about on the Resto Druid show that blew my flipping mind that this exists. But again, more on that on a future so, but is there anything else that you want to go over for talent builds or whatever, or are we good to move on to the nitty-gritty and sort of integrate chat into here? 
Well, I don't know. Do we need more? <laughs> it's up to you. Well, I I just short want to say I think they're pretty good, well balanced. Most of our talent, like we have a lot of choices. That's really great. Um, obviously, we have those few dead ones, but we do have two choices in every tier, which is nice. I guess I didn't ask about Astral Communion. Not worth it. You didn't. Um, no. The level 90 talents are most likely what used to base best uh, ability power, the generation. Right. In Sing time, now it's Bota uh, placing off the balloon, and AoE is just shooting stars. So I don't know where you want uh, Astral Communication. Wow, I can say it. Yeah, Astral Communion. I can say it. But it, uh, like it will a... work. It... Communion, yes. It will work with Fury uh, of Balloon. Sure. But uh, that uh, doesn't exist either. So maybe. Yeah. The, the issue with it really is that the niche it's trying to fill is burst. But we already have like so much astral power generation. Like we we have if we want burst astral power generation, we just save our moon spells. They give like seventy astral power combined when we cast them all back to back. Right. And uh, the other thing is like astral power is nice and all, right? But we already like. A big part of the damage of our like casting star search actually comes from the empowerment afterwards, and you can't really bank too much of that. So like, if if you save up a hundred astral power for some bursting something, and then you like double star search, then you press astral communion, double star search again, you just lost two empowerment buffs. And yeah, I mean you already like m most of the time you're actually overcapping empowerments anyway, like. I have some legendaries that influence it a lot, uh, so so like I I pretty much never casted an unempowered spell single target, mm. um, which is really weird because we're centered around like empowerments. It's our mastery and all that, but we don't actually cast unempowered spells most of the time, which is a bit weird. And and it just astral communion adds to that issue, right? Of too many empowerments in too okay. little time. Oh, okay. Sounds good to me. So new part of the show. That is toward the tail end. The sort of integrates. We can, we can. If you have questions for from, uh, we can chat. You can toss them there. Of course, if you have questions that you want to integrate into a show, you can join my Discord server as well in the general chat. Every Friday or Saturday, when I'm making the show notes, I ask and I ping the chat. If you guys have questions for the upcoming show, you can do that. But the nitty gritty, your sun and stars, also lasers, is a huge topic that uh, you guys can see all the talents, uh, all the all the topics for. But I gotta ask the first one. Just to make sure we're on the same page here. Glyph of Stars or not to Glyph of Stars? Because you can flap in Glyph of Stars, but you just float. <clears throat> but you can't really flap with Glyph of Stars. So I don't know. Anna, what do you what do you what do you say? Do you Glyph of Stars or not? Well, I like my butterfly uh, tire shoulders, so I'm glyphed. I want the stars. I want to show my butterfly wings. What about you, Jeebus? <laughs> Never glyph of stars. Never. <laughs> no. that, that's the only reason so I ever serious. used. <laughs> the only reason I mm. ever used glyph of stars was to show off my uh, savior's transmog shoulders. That's the only reason. I like. Okay. Yeah, you can't show off your transmog. That's the downside. But I mean, <laughs> flapping. Come on, you gotta flap. That's important. I, it's... I, I believe Gabezilla wants to quit the game when he realized that glyph of stars can flap as well. But you just float. You just like you levitate. Yeah. yeah, you just levitate. <laughs> it would look awesome if like you were a big Torin and you flapped in Glyph of Stars and your big old Torin arms were flapping. That'd be great. 
But it would. They're not be. actually considered. Yeah. Yeah. But you just actually consider it. Okay. But uh, so Colin asked a question that's in here, and I'll let you guys take it from there. But um, what's been your favorite incarnation <laughs> of Balanced Druid? Is it the current one, or did you prefer the previous builds? Anna, what do you think? Well, uh, I believe we speak about expansions. Um, yeah. Mist of Pandaria, um, uh, Cybiosis, I believe it was called, where we could have uh, Mirror Mates and Cloak of Shadows. Um, yes, that was my favorite part. We had Shrooms, we had Hurricane, and I believe if we were Soul Eclipse, our abilities will change. Stuff would be like Sunfall uh, or something like that, Astral Storm. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. I believe Mist of Pandaria was hilarious compared to now, where it's uh, a little bit boring. Hmm. And uh, I believe we also had Half the Wild, where we had the game's strongest healing cooldown. 200% oh, yeah. tranquility. Bell and oh, yeah. Rest of Trank. Yes, Bell and Rest of Trank. <laughs> yeah, that was a thing. That's awesome. So, yeah, Miss of Pandaria, that was definitely the best. How about you, Jeebus? What do you think? Um, I think Cataclysm. Um, so, Cataclysm was a bit more unrefined version of, of Mr. Pandaria in most senses, but the Soda Cleave that we could do back then, that was absolutely amazing. I, I had such a great time using that in Firelands. Like, on Ragnaros, when all the seeds popped, and you just blow your mushrooms, boom, top damage. That's awesome. I've heard that a lot, that you missed the, the mushroom boom synergy there. That's definitely a, an interesting part of it. Uh, the question was asked earlier, uh, is Stellar Drift viable single target if you have the legendary bracers? Or I think it's Stellar Flare or Stellar Drift? Which one is it? Stellar Drift. Stellar Drift with the bracers. Yeah. Yes, it is. Especially if there's high movement, then it's actually better. Um, because nature's balance has absolutely zero value if you're moving off and then refreshing your dots naturally anyway, because all nature's balance does is extend your dots. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, it, it, like getting 60% more damage on, on that, I think Starfall does like 4% of your single target damage when you're using the braces. So 60% more of that is not bad at all. And obviously, cast one moving. Sure. Great. Fair enough. Um... There's a question about parses. I don't know if either of you do and have public parses. That's kind of a question you might be able to better poke around and ask in Discord. Because I get the the fire. The, the end question would be: I mean, you did the whole memekin thing and like you know blew up the logs. But uh, the the tagline question is interesting to hear about the thought process of how a boomkin is optimized. I guess in the the parsing, you know, super high end mindset. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's anything real balanced to it specific. It's a lot of like just min-maxing your movement from pull to pull. Like, no, when, when can you move? When can you just stand still and cast? And you have plenty of time to run out with that debuff anyway. Um, when, like, when do you refresh your dots? Like, for instance, in Tychondrius, um, with the blood spawns, you want to time your sunfire so you cast it right after the blood spawn. So, like, if there's like two seconds left on it and there's five seconds to the blood spawn, you probably want to just delay it and sunfire after. Um, pooling astral power is a huge one. Like, if you know there's gnat spawning that you need to burst, or some AoE mobs you need to top AoE on, well, you won't top, but you can try. You can do some damage to them. Uh, you want to pull some astral power for that. that. That's really the... But, I mean, that's very general to, to, like, to most classes, optimizing things like this. Like, you want to pull resources, you want to min-max your movement. Um, you want to, like, from pool to pool, learn 
where, when can you like what spells can you cast when and where like timing your cooldowns stuff like that okay so basically experience of the encounters by doing them again and again How about, do you guys prefer when Fury of Elune was in, uh, during Alpha or Beta part of uh, Legion, where it was a super dot on one target? I feel like it was a much better design, I would assume, instead of this crazy, you know, purification laser beam from the heavens. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't get to play that much with it. Uh, I know that you could maintain it on multiple targets because of some, like, a ton of astral power generations from the first iteration of shooting stars. But uh, it 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 I, I don't know maybe it would be interesting single target to have that like uh, it, because like say you were, it's in the last year right now where the competition is really really weak it's just nature's balance right um, so that might be an interesting single target DPS choice to have if it worked like that uh, back then yeah for sure fair enough there it's a question about. How good interrupting? We didn't really talk about the fact that you have either Mighty Bash and or Typhoon, and of course you have Solar Beam. Any comments on... Because Solar Beam is kind of finicky, because it'll interrupt, but it doesn't always silence things in, in raids or dungeons, but... It's yeah. one minute cooldown, and if you do it well, interrupt, uh, then it's 45 seconds. But uh, I don't think it's reliable, like on Elisanda, when you had the uh, mobs and the boss you want to interrupt. You want the demon hunter or some someone who gains from it. So Bannister right there, it was more like a backup interrupter. If something goes wrong or if someone can do it, then you just step in because the cooldowns were just too wide. 45 seconds is a lot to rely on. But so you can definitely interrupt, but a uh, backup will be better. And the class will do that. There's yes. basically so few mobs that are vulnerable to uh, blanket silences that it has mm -hmm. very few uses. It's like the imps in Call of Stars. I think that's like the only <laughs> thing I've found where it actually works, the silence. Uh, so in most senses, it's just a 45 second cooldown interrupt, which is really weak compared to a lot of the classes, right? And it's also like kind of interesting because in the uh, challenge uh, appearance quest thing, uh, there's an interrupt you have to do, but you don't have your solar beam ready for every single spawn of those ads that cast the thing, so you can only interrupt every second, which is really annoying. Yeah, and you don't even have you don't even have a poor man's death grip like Resto Druids have with Ursal's Vortex and Typhoon. You can knock things out of Typhoon, then you get yanked back <coughs> in the Ursal's Vortex, which is really good for certain situations. Yeah. But because you don't want to just knock things away normally, unless you like have to with Typhoon. But because yeah, be most melee, most melee DPS get pretty upset when you knock uh, mops out of the AOE. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, but I guess the, another one would be. Let's see. There's. This might be a little different depending on because both of you are obviously you know at that end either on Gul'dan or, or you know almost there, but or even in, in chat right. But balanced through end game rating representation. What have you seen in the, your corner of the community? Is it is it healthy or is it kind of on the decline? Like monks right now apparently are like, what? Who's a monk, right? Unless you're a brewmaster, brewmaster monks, sure, whatever. Right now, Un maybe, but like Windwalker or Mistweaver is kind of like, eh. So how have you guys seen the representation of your your spec in the grand scheme of things? Well, uh, I can say one fight in uh, 
would be specifically Hajia then, or whatever he's called, uh, I believe I pronounced it wrong. Uh, I believe he's the second or third boss in uh, Tomb of Zagiris. Mm -hmm. He has a mechanic where he spawns a Taskmaster uh, 45 seconds into the game. Uh, the only thing he does is that he does a cone ability, which you can move out of. So having a Boomy who has, uh, which has a lot of armor and huge range to still DPS the boss is a really good uh, choice. So you just kite uh, or uh, tank it to a corner, then you just DPS the boss. If you then fix a weak arrow to see cast time for move, then uh, it's just perfect. It's a fight that has a lot of murlocs invading, so you definitely want the... Uh, your second tank to be on the ads. So that's definitely a fight where you want to bring a boomy. Then you can have rest of affinity where you have self-heal so you can just sustain if you fail to move. So yeah, I will definitely say that at least one boomy should be presented uh, in the next guild art raid tire progress. It helps. Okay, because a lot of all, the murlocs keep spawning so a lot of that AoE damage consistently will actually be you know, where you can actually shine to as well. We didn't really talk about that Boomkins have... I mean, what's your armor like in Moonkin form? Like, uh, physical right now, damage reduction. Oh, wait, it's the highest that, in the game outside of... <laughs> yes. Outside of Guardian Druids with our info. Right. A funny thing is, on Gorm, when we did the Trial Fella, uh, I did not have to move at all when it was standing phase. The only thing I had to move was to go left or right so I don't get the roll over. So when everyone was, was running into the middle and using a uh, link, spirit link to them, they could just stand still and DPS. We had uh, like 9k or 10k armor. And now with the new traits, uh, we will get additional armor. But you could so just yes. eat, you ate the, the charge and you didn't die? Is that what you did? No, like the AoE uh, oh, damage. Oh, the, the bite. Uh, okay, the bite. Yes. It, oh, okay. In okay. most raid encounters, AoE damage, even though it's physical, <laughs> mm -hmm. It's not mitigated by armor. Right. Uh, like, and that, that applies to pretty much all raid-wide uh, physical damage. But that uh, trample thing, the passive AoE from that, was apparently an exception. So we took like half the damage from that that everybody else in the raid did. Yeah, okay. Which was all right. And that's... this is also why you want to tank harder than uh, the Taskmaster, because you have so much armor in the upcoming raid. The only thing about that is it's it's like one of the early bosses, so there's a good chance you're just gonna drop a TPS and put in a third tank instead. That's the sad part. <laughs> it might happen. That's it's yeah, it's possible. it's a cool thing to be able to do if it works. But you don't want to kill him because if you kill him, another new spawns. That's it. so you want to keep him alive. Right, and but you then, could just have a tank. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Do it instead. That's true. You just gain a bit of TPS. How about a, a, a supporty question? What do you guys think about being part of the healer team with oh. innervates? I don't like it at all, and I don't think my healers does either. Like, it's, it's yeah, it's cool to be able to give a buff to another player, but it's just like it's it's not fun to coordinate that, and it's it's not fun to like spend time figuring out who of your five healers benefit the most from it. And yeah, mm. I mean, the, the correct answer is usually um, if you have a disc priest, you innovate that. If you don't, it's usually uh, either a, a restitute or a holy priest. And uh, after that, I think it's Rest of Shaman and then Holy Paladin. That's the all rank. Generally, if you have a really good player, just throw it on him instead. You didn't even mention Mistweaver, because I don't know who, who plays Mistweaver right now. But um... They still exist? Yeah, one no. of those. Uh, no, I think they're, they're, they're probably a, a 
better to use it on than Resto Shaman, in between Resto Shaman and uh, Priest. Baloney brings up a good side note of that, uh, the Balanced Druid Boots. Yeah. Well, uh, off-global cooldown now at max uh, yeah. stacks, so definitely you can use it. I know that our balance through before he had to step away from raiding would just have, he would have um, like massive macros for his regrowth, so he would just massive like the tank, just toss it on there at five stacks. If the tank was like, just toss it on the tank. So that's, that's not really much of like a thinking thing, but he had a couple of moments where he would save someone, he said, because it would, if it crit, you know, that was well over what, million and a half healing on the initial hit of it, it was not, not bad at all. Uh, th those boots are really strong, especially after the buff where they actually provide a DPS increase as well. Like, True. if I had them, I'd probably use them a lot for progress because I, I like I pay a lot of attention to the rate frame, so that I'd usually see when people drop low as well right. and use it. Well, that's sort of part of, uh, not to like beat a dead horse again with the whole like, druids are utility masters, look they have three utility tiers and one of them is, you know, blah, but yeah, it's definitely part of the class uh, if, yeah. if you can... You know, bring that to the, bring that I to think the, the table. The, the best part about being a druid is being able to play both guardian and resto as well. Like that, that is why I personally play druid. That's why I rerolled druid in the first place. That's because I want to be able to switch to resto and help out of my raid team. If they need an extra healer, I'm down for that. If they need an extra tank, I can do that too. That, that I mean, obviously that doesn't do much in a raid setting most of the time. Like at high end, where you just like, well, the tank has like five alts of all classes and he's going to have 100% attendance, so you're never going to use your off-spec, right? Right. Um, but uh, it's it's still, like, at any other level of rating, I think that's a great utility to bring, even though it doesn't improve your performance on, at, like, a, 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 a specific encounter, it, it helps your rate team overall through, through the raid. Um, and, like, on a, actually, I think um, uh, even in top guilds, most uh, guilds actually... Um, only have a, a core healer team of four, and mm -hmm. then they have a balanced druid with a resto off spec that does a lot of healing. Like I did that in uh, Danish uh, Terras. Uh, I know Nakura does that a lot too in Serenity. Like she goes resto all the time for progress. Yeah. Uh, and, okay. I, and I believe uh, Cyrips and Method does that too. So that, that's our best niche, <laughs> I'd say. Our best utility. Well, Gabezilla and Baloney are now just trolling in chat. Why does every balanced druid in the world seem to think the spec is bad, or why does every WoW player in the world think their spec is bad? Yeah, I mean, th th there is obviously we talked about that a little while ago, but there is definitely a DPS disparity. It's not huge because top to bottom right now is around eight to ten percent. Not talking about affliction warlocks right now because they're obviously going to get nerfed and tuned and fixed because their damage is just retarded right now. But <coughs> it's uh, it's not that. Bad because if you look at where you are on some aggregate data logs, and if you want to be where someone else is, they're six percent ahead of you. Like, what is six percent when we're doing like seven hundred thousand damage right now? It's not a ton. It's it's not that bad. I mean, we're not terrible by any means. If you're not playing at the top end level, yeah, it does really matter. Like, honestly, the only thing is it, when you are the bottom spec on single target, right, and you look at the top spec that does two hundred k more DPS than you. That Man, doesn't feel yeah. good. Yeah. But you have to keep in mind, there's a spec like doing 10k more than you and a spec doing 20k more than you. And like there's a lot of specs in between as well. It's not just you and the top one you have to compare. Yeah, it's not not a ton. So and I guess the last little question I can ask you here, what do you guys think of the new animations you guys just got? New animations, good, bad, good? I don't like uh, Lunar Strike. 
I just don't. Uh... I found it. it's it's so weird. Like I don't know. I like the star search. The ref just looks like a fireball, I think. But uh, not the strike. I like. I I really like the new star search too. I I don't like the the lunar strike part where it shoots up from your character. Exactly. Ah. I really exactly. like the part where now it hits <clears throat> like the animation that shoots down onto the target. That doesn't just hit the primary target; it hits everything it hits. So if you are wearing like a big group of mobs, you like your other DPS won't be able to see anything because there's beam shooting down on all the targets every time you do a strike. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that's fun with Warrior Flu. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. When you like pop Warrior Flu and just three global do, cooldowns do, do, back to back, yeah. Just, yeah, that looks pretty awesome. Yeah, it, the, the fact that it is leave you is interesting because I think it's one of the first spells in the game that actually has like a a um, a leaving character animation in that regard because you cast it yeah. up and then it falls down. So it's it's pretty, but I could be uh, definitely a little distracting because it might like mess up the fact that you don't, you know, when you're a caster, you cast a spell, there it goes. You cast a spell, there it goes. But now it does have that like arc, but... Maybe they're doing that with more. I mean, they definitely are working on integrating that more in the future. Maybe we'll eventually we'll see casters using their spells with their weapons a little bit more. And not just, like, one per few. Because that's obviously a really highly requested thing. But uh, I think I'll do one more. And then we'll wrap this up. So, Anna, what is your favorite artifact appearance of your scythes? Well, I, I like the new one. It's great. The newest. Simple answer. All right, Jeebus, what's, what do you think? What is yours? Uh, can I go with the Guardian one, the Harambea? Is that <laughs> a valid didn't... choice? <laughs> I don't oh, and you. other specs? I like uh, the kitties with the Stasis effect on them. <sighs> the Nyan kitties? Yeah. Yes. Nah, I, 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 I really don't pay much attention to my scythe, but uh, I'm currently using the uh, the new challenge appearance. Uh, one of like the color variations of that, the yellow and green one, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's one way to end the show. I'm going to hit this button right here, and we will be... Ah, thank you all so much for watching episode 135 of Final Boss TV. Again, Miles, your host. My name is Adam Bay. I run this little shindig right here. Check the links down below if you want to check out the other shows. You can go subscribe to the YouTube channel down below, where they're all cut and put together all nice and neat. If you missed the episode, it'll be up online tomorrow. It goes online the next day after the live show. You can also listen on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. Just go search for Final Boss TV. And that'll be that. Around the table again to my guests, there is Anna. You can go bother him in Discord at one of his other names, at Emery. Thank you for being on the show, sir. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you so much. How often do you take PMs from other druids? All the time, right? All the time. 50 plus a day. Well, I'm kidding. <laughs> But that's that's what well, you. I don't mind. I don't mind. You don't. Awesome. And then there's Jeebus. He made that crazy talent sheet in the guide. I'll link them all below. You can go bother him on Discord as well at Jeebus. Not as difficult as as prior. But thank you for being on the show, sir. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And next week, unless something changes drastically, it should be Restoration, I believe. Then Feral, then Guardian. But Feral and Resto right now might be in a flip-flop situation. So stay tuned on social media, on, on, on Twitter or Facebook. Again, links down below the stream. And I'll post up when it's happening. If you have questions for those upcoming shows, you can join my Discord as well. And then you can ask them when I ping the chat. 
But that's gonna do it for me. Trust in your seal of uh, artifact power right now, because if you re-roll it and you get it back, then you just get artifact power for free because of the Nether Disruptor. So jump on that. But until next week, everybody, thank you so much for watching again, and <sighs> bye. Wave, wave, bye, nice people. Wave, bye, wave, bye. Or flap. You can flap too. I can't. I I can't do it. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. Perfect.